This week, I got the opportunity to interview my dad, and it was a really, really special opportunity and moment for me because I remember a time where our relationship was strained and really needed some healing and forgiveness. So now I'm really, really proud of where our relationship is. And the the interesting thing that happened as I was editing this podcast was I realized that part of how you can grow in love for another person is by giving them the space to tell their stories, especially as children. And I think so often we look at our parents or our caregivers and we only see them as parents and nothing else. And we and, and by doing that, we strip them of the fullness of their humanity. But when you allow someone to share their story, you give them the space to share their hopes, their dreams, their fears, their curiosities, and the, the small things that make up who they are. And so I got a chance to hear my dad's story and it was really, really powerful. I learned a lot. And y'all, my dad is a trip. If you wait to the very end, you will hear him giving me the sex talk. Yes, I said it. 31 years old and he's giving me the sex talk on my podcast. That was embarrassing. But you know what? I let him I let him have the mic. <laughs> I let him have the mic. And I really just hope this encourages you to uh, give someone the space to tell their story without interruption and, and listen, lend them your ear. It's a really, really powerful gift that you can give to another person. So with that said, let's dive in. y'all welcome back to the new growth podcast today is a special day because we are making history i have somebody very special here with me today it's the first time i've had a family member and it's none other than my father chima esanu how are you doing today i'm doing well my beautiful daughter it is so great to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? My name is Chima Isano. I was born in Omoaha, Abia State a while back, and I have four beautiful daughters. I lived in Texas for a little bit. I moved to Maryland, and now I live in Houston, Texas, and I love it here. I'm so excited to have you here because this season we are talking about love. What is love? How does it look? And I thought it was important to have you here because part of how we come to know what love is, is through our parents. And you as my father, I kind of wanted to know about your experience with love and get your story. But before we go into your story, I want to ask you about your hair. How's your hair doing? My what? Your hair. My hair? I don't have no hair. I know. How is it doing? I don't have no hair. I've been I've been uh, bald for about um, 20 years now, and I love it. But the only uh, setback to that is I shave every other day just to make it look good. Why did you decide to go bald? Well... 
um, I got tired of going to the barber shop. That's number one. Number two, I started getting bald in front of my head a little bit. So I decided, no, I don't want to look like that because I want to look young as far as I'm concerned, continuously. You do look young. I'm not going to say your age, but you look about 20 years younger. Oh, no, no, that's too old. Get me down to about uh, 19, I think. No, I can't, I can't lie to you. That would be a lie. Okay, so, all right. So I have a question to ask you, seriously. How did you feel when I shaved my hair? Honestly, um, I wanted it a different way. But because you're a, you're a grown-up woman and you make your own decisions, so I accepted it. Okay, why did you want it a different way? Because, uh, you know, when prior to you cutting your hair, when you left your hair, uh, go to the salon and come back, it was amazing. I could not stop looking at it. Oh, my gosh, Daddy. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm very serious. I'm very serious. But after you cut your hair and you started styling it in certain ways, it became part of you. And I was happy uh, to accept it that way because it looked good on you. Okay. But as you know, over the years, there have been a lot of Nigerian family members who have pleaded and told me I needed to grow out my hair. Why do you think they're so stuck on me growing out my hair? Well, traditionally, you know, it's from our culture, you can tell that a lot of women like, a lot of men or women, they like uh, uh, women with uh, hair or different style of hair, long hair, you know, all kinds of stuff. But it, uh, to me, it makes no difference to me right now, having been through all these years of experience with women and uh, with culture, it makes no difference to me so long as you take good care of your hair and uh, make sure uh, it's not out there in terms of uh, uh, different uh, wild colors and all kinds of stuff. So long as you just, your hair is beautiful. I love your hair. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So let's start from the beginning with your story. Who taught you about love? My mom. Now, when I say my mom in terms of love, she taught me what generally love means. And, and I'm not talking about uh, just love, loving a woman and all, loving it. She taught me generally how to love people in general. What, uh, how you need to treat people. You want to treat them as you want to be treated. So she taught me a good lesson. And then when I, uh, when she started having all these kids and I had a lot of sisters, I was able to experience what love is from most of my senior sisters based on their relationship. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you learned about love through a woman. Correct. Okay. What did, what specifically did she do? Well, first of all, what I did was I was very close with my mom. Okay. For instance, if she's cooking, I'm right there with her because um, she always gives me some meat to eat every time as young as I was. Every time I sit close to her while she's cooking, she would turn around and look at me and said, I know exactly what you want. You want me to give you some meat, right? I said, yes, she gives me. 
And then in most cases, when she gives me things, not just when she's cooking, when she gives me things, she tells me, I want you to pay, play it forward because people giving you things and people loving you, you want to make sure you do the same thing to other people that you come across as you grow up. So she taught me a very valuable lesson, which has helped me over the years. Did your parents ever say, I love you in Igbo? To be honest with you, I never heard of it one day. Because my dad, my dad was um, kind of a, a military guy. I mean, he was uh, practically a military guy. He was a uh, very, uh, very protective of the whole family. And um, you either did, uh, do exactly what he says or there's problems. Is there a phrase in Igbo that you heard from your mom that's close to I love you? I'm from Ganania. What does that mean? I love you. Okay. Is that the literal translation? Yes. Translation? Mm -hmm. So she would say that to you? Yeah, all the time. And not just to me, to my siblings too. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So you learned about love from a woman and, and from your mom, from your sisters. That's powerful. Okay. Okay. So then you moved in the 80s, early 80s. You moved to America. What was that transition like? It was something, you know, back home uh, in those days, um, everybody wanted to um, better themselves. So... I, um, after high school, I worked in a bank uh, to save some money to be able to make the transition to United States. I saved all the money that I, I lived in a one, one room and that one room, uh, you had your kitchen, your bedroom, everything in there. So what I do on, on the weekends, I just go home, uh, get some food stuff from my mom or she sends some to me and that helped me to save a lot of money. So. By the time I got to my parents, I said, hey, daddy, mommy, I got admission at Philander Smith College in Little Rock, Arkansas, and this is what the deal is. I've got my visa. You don't have to worry about my flight ticket. I have a friend there that, um, uh, that will uh, accommodate me and everything. So that's how I made the transition to Little Rock, Arkansas. So I went to a, a school, Philander Smith uh, College. But the most, uh, the most, uh, uh, the experience that I had when I landed, when I landed in uh, at the airport, snow all over the place. I've never seen snow in my life. So, and I, you know, coming from a hot weather, I didn't have any jacket, nothing like that. So when I got off the plane, oh lord, it was so cold. Everybody had their jacket. I said, "Why are you putting jacket?" I, you know, but I found out exactly why they were putting jacket when I came out of the plane. So. By the time I got home to my friend's uh, apartment, instead of going to take a shower with her hot water, I said, oh, I'm, I'm from Nigeria. We use cold water all the time. So I took cold water and I, I fell sick. I fell sick. And that taught me a very valuable lesson um, in terms of adjusting here in America. Wow. Little Rock, Arkansas in the 80s. I can imagine it was very racist. Oh, yes. In Little Rock, Arkansas, they tell you exactly 
that they don't like you because of your color. It was told to me several times there. And at that period is when we had all these immigration issues where if you see an immigration car coming to school, you could be talking with your friends and all of a sudden everybody say, oh, there he is, the immigration guy. And then you see everybody running. It got to a point where the guy, uh, the immigration agent used his car chasing people and then ended up uh, running over one of our friends, killing him. Oh, my God. So after that, everybody everybody was running around trying to get married, you know, trying to get married and uh, to get their papers and everything. Yeah. So tell us tell us about your journey to fatherhood. Well, that's interesting because it's a it's a story that um, at that time I, I didn't um, anticipate that it was going to happen. Um. At Little Rock, Arkansas, I had uh, a couple of my friends that uh, we all like to party in those days. I don't care whether it's in uh, Dallas, Houston, we drive down there. I don't care what time we get there to party. So we had a party in Dallas, Texas. So we drove down to Texas, to uh, Dallas. So I'm dancing with with some friends of mine, and somebody tapped me on the back. And I turned around. Guess who that was? Your mommy. And I didn't know, uh, back home, uh, me and her were very good friends because uh, she was uh, probably the most beautiful woman uh, around the uh, uh, Omaha in those days with the beautiful eyes, everything, nice legs. So we were very close back home. And we were, we were like uh, very good friends, but no, not intimate in those days. But back home, I had asked her, you know, for us to uh, start something. And I didn't know she left for United States. And she didn't know I was in United States, too. So when uh, she talked me, I looked at her, I said, oh, and both of us hugged each other. And we talked for a while. Throughout that night at the party, it was just me and her. And the next thing I know, the following week, uh, she packed all her stuff from Dallas and moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, there, there the journey started. I was excited because that was that was the woman of my dream. I, you know, I like beautiful women, so uh, that was a woman of my dream. So that's how the journey started. And then um, six months into that transition uh, that she made from Dallas to Little Rock, your senior sister started coming. Mm. So Elizabeth was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. After after that, I graduated uh, from uh, University of uh, Arkansas uh, in Little Rock, and then I moved to uh, Austin, Texas. So in Austin, Texas, that's where you and Sasha were born. Then you had three small kids and. You know, you were married to 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 mommy, and and then what happened? Well, I think um, when uh, you were born, when, even prior to you uh, getting here, we started growing apart. You know, uh, I'm not sitting here and telling you that I'm perfect, um, but there are certain things that happened that um, 
that I could I could I could uh, not tolerate. First of all, let me put this out there: I never messed around with your mom. Mm. I'm being honest mm. about that. I never did that because I learned that from uh, uh, from my sisters and my mom because you want to treat a woman the way you want your sisters to be treated. Because in those days, I was very stubborn. Any man that comes into my sister's life and treat them bad, they're going to have to, they didn't answer to me because I was very rough in those days. Thank God I'm down, I'm down now. I'm a mature old man with four grown-up girls. So in those days, I learned a lot from my sister. So what I did was I transitioned that to my relationships in terms of making sure uh, that I took care of uh, the woman in my life. So when I did that, I guess your mom uh, felt that um, she didn't have no responsibilities uh, to to um, take care of you guys. And uh, before I even continue, uh, one thing, like I told you guys when uh, me and your mom separated, I always told you guys to love your mom. I would never advise you guys not to love your mom because she is the one that um, had you guys for nine months and brought you out here. And for that reason, I never want to speak any ill or bad thing about your mom, regardless of how the situation was. Because I respect her for giving me you all. So having said that, it was a situation that was unbearable for me in terms of my... uh, career, my uh, mental health, everything. So I had to make an informed decision about exactly what I think was uh, very good for me or not good for me. So with, um, I decided to um, uh, to move you guys, to try to move you guys uh, to Maryland. So prior to that, um, I had custody of you guys. You know, I had custody of you. At that time, you were I think you were about three to four months old when I when I got custody of all you, uh, all three of you. So um, and we were separated then. So uh, she got news that I'm trying to move you guys. Uh, move, I'm trying to move to Maryland. So she spoke to a lot of um, our people back in uh, Austin, Texas about three or four days prior to me uh, moving to Maryland because I'd already paid for the apartment in Maryland, everything. So that uh, when we move from uh, Austin, we are moving directly into our own house. We don't go to nobody's house to try to squawk until we're able to get an apartment. So when we got, when I, at a few days prior to me living, all these guys and ladies and everyone came to the house and was begging me to say, hey, I think you should take your mom and all that stuff, you know. When I saw all these people in my house, it took me back to what my mom told me and my sisters told me to make sure that you treat the treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I knew if I had taken you guys without your mom, first, it's going to affect you guys and it will affect her in terms of not being with her kids. So I made the decision then and said, okay, we we'll all go together. So I rented a big U-Haul truck, packed everything. Our car, my car was uh, attached to the back. And I can remember the U-Haul truck that I, I rented had the driver's seat, 
the passenger seat. At the back of it has a seat that could fit two or three people. But your your small carriage was in the middle of uh, between the driver's seat and the uh, passenger seat. So you were in a small manger. You know what I mean, I mean by being a small manger in there, right? So that's where you were sleeping until we got to Maryland. And we moved right into our apartment. Gotcha. Wow. What would you... Is the story, is the story too deep for you? No, no, tell me. no, it's not too deep. Okay, then. It's not too deep. Thank you. I'm appreciating it. I'm learning so much. So... What would you say was the hardest part about marriage? The hardest part about marriage is to be able to understand, listen, and then make sure the other partner is appreciated. Some of that I was lacking because I was a little bit hot-headed in those days. A little, a little bit? Yes, a little bit hot-headed in those days, yeah. Marriage is not an easy thing to do. It's not a, It's not an easy, under, under no circumstances. Every single marriage has problems. It depends on how you listen to your partner. So what I've learned from that experience is that any woman that I'm with, I have to be able to listen because sometimes you, you women, sometimes when you guys say stuff, it doesn't make sense, but I have to learn to listen to it listen to it and make sure that I give you guys that attention that you need in terms of, uh, so that you as a woman know that, hey, your man is there with you. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. So I'm curious, what do you think is your biggest flaw when it comes to love? Well, um, from my experience with your mom, one of the biggest flaws that I had is um, I didn't have that much time to spend at home because I was working a lot. I mean, I've been working um, 12, 13 hours. At that time, I was working 12, 13 hours every single day because I wanted to make sure that I provided for the family. And I knew it affected the, uh, the relationship. But once in a while, what I did was I had a I had a, one day every week that um, I made sure I took her out so that um, we can uh, reconnect and all that stuff. But still, she needed me. You guys needed me. But I was uh, looking at the financial part of it because I needed to be able to pay the rent and pay the bills and uh, make sure you guys had everything you needed to go to school. So that affected me. That's one of my biggest flaws. And also... Um, one of the biggest flaws that I had in those days was um, what I just explained to you in terms of listening and everything. But um, when I don't listen, mm. it makes me make an irrational decision, which turns out to be bad. Over the years, I've stopped trying to yell unnecessarily. I'm a totally different person now because what I was doing in those days was not working. And being a little bit stubborn in those days, I'm talking mm-hmm. about a long, long, long time ago now, not, not now. Long, long, long time ago. Long, 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 long time ago. Long, 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 long time ago. Long, long, long time ago. I'm a better person now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a better person now. So 
uh, it's helped me in my journey with women right now. So that's that's uh, a good thing. That, those are my flaws. Okay, okay. So when I was about seven, you guys got a divorce. Uh-huh. And you Correct. took full custody of three of us, Elizabeth, Sasha, and myself. What were you thinking when when that happened? Were you scared? Were you nervous? I know nobody expects to be a single parent, let alone most of the time the woman gets the kids, let alone us being Nigerian. That's not even heard of, like that the father would get three daughters. So what were you thinking? First of all, if I'm sitting here and telling you that I wasn't scared and nervous, I would be lying, okay? Because I was about to take up a journey that required me to um, put a pause on a part of my life and take care of my girls, okay? So it was a very difficult uh, time because I had to make a decision in terms of everything pertaining to you guys' life babysitting, all kinds of stuff. And one thing I did while I had you guys as my, um, uh, as the sole custody was I made sure that I tried my best. Anybody who says, hey, uh, Chima, you didn't try your best with your daughter, then that's their business. I know I tried my best to raise you guys in terms of becoming uh, the women that you guys are today. I might not have been perfect. I did my best. So when I took custody of you guys, I was very sensitive about bringing women around um, because I was um, taking into consideration uh, how that would look with you guys being in the house. I also made sure that you guys were taken good care of. As you know, your daddy is a very good cook. Although most of you didn't like uh, to eat African food in those days. You wanted hamburger, french fries, uh, uh, chicken wings, and all that stuff. So guess what I did? What? Whenever I cook, whenever I cook some African food, right, I make sure all the Af- American food in the fridge is gone. So that when you guys say, Daddy, I'm hungry, there's fufu there, there's rice, there's yam, all kinds of stuff for you to eat. That's how I got you guys to be able to eat some of the African food. And look at you guys now. Look at you guys now. I'm here in Houston. Sasha and Elizabeth, most of the thing they eat is, uh, most of the food they eat is Nigerian food. Sasha is a very good cook. Uh, uh, You are a very good cook, although you are not as good as uh, your sisters in terms of cooking uh, Nigerian food. I'm being honest. You want me to be honest, right? No, I'm not. I'm not that good because a lot of Nigerian food has meat that I don't eat. So. Yeah, Elizabeth Elizabeth does a very good job in cooking too. So, um, but back in Maryland, you guys had nothing, you, you didn't want nothing to do with it. And guess what What else I did when I, when I had you guys, guess what? What? Until you guys got to 14 or 15, guess who was doing your hair? You guys hair. I was doing the hair. Yes, you were. I go to the store. You were. What did you say? You did. Buy the relaxer. Buy all of the relaxers. Vaseline. Divide your hair into four parts. Put the relaxer. Wash it off. Rinse it off. 
put the Vaseline, uh, you know, while I'm putting the relaxer, I put the Vaseline around your head to make sure that it doesn't burn you guys. So when you got to, when you guys got to 14, 15, daddy, I don't want you all to do my, I don't want you to do my hair again. So that's when you guys started costing me a lot of money because I had to send you guys to uh, saloon and all that stuff, which I didn't mind to do. Okay, okay. Well, let me let me share a little bit of themes. I I do remember that. I remember you doing our hair, and okay. that. You did a good job. You know how to do hair. You did you did a really good job. I remember you being a really good cook. I used to love when you cook plantains. Okay. <laughs> and I would just like you stood by your mom with the meat. I I remember one night I I I said, "Daddy, I want some plantains." And it was like 11, 12 o'clock. I think you were tired and you stayed up and made plantains. But by the time you were finished, I had fallen asleep. I know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed and I think I got from you is like my love for physical activity. So I remember we used to go around the track and, and jog together. That was fun. That was fun. And I also remember on Sundays, we would go to 7-Eleven and get donuts. <laughs> oh boy, I can't believe you remember fun. all those things. Yeah, I remember those things because I think you were right, you worked a lot. And so those moments where we got to spend like quality time together, I think um, stick stick with me. Um, but I did, I do also know that it was very, very hard for you. I remember you coming back from work, being tired. And now that I look back, I'm like, maybe you were a little depressed. Do you think you were ever depressed? Yep. I, I wasn't no? depressed. No, I wasn't depressed you because, because um, the main reason why I wasn't depressed was because of you guys. Because I don't okay. care how much I, I go out there and spend how many hours walking. Every time I walk through that door and you guys rush to the door and oh, uh, daddy, you know, you greet me, it made my whole day look easy, no matter how tired I am. I was. Mm -hmm. So I was not depressed at all. None. Okay. Well, sometimes I look back and think like, it must have been, because right now I'm 31. I don't have kids, but yet. But um, I think about having, if I had three kids by myself, that would have been a lot for me. And so I'm curious, like, what do you feel like you did well as a parent? And what did you think that you, you didn't do well? Well, one of the most important things that I did, I think I did well, and if I'm if I'm wrong, please correct me because you know um, nobody's uh, always perfect in their answers in terms of things like that. Mm -hmm. I think I did um, my best to make sure to provide for you guys while you guys were with me, mm -hmm. um, and the things that I, one of the things that I didn't do, I did not, I feel that I'm up till today, I regret it, is two things. 
one, I should have focused you guys um, to the Lord better in terms of uh, exposing you guys to the Bible, going to church, and, um, you know, getting to know uh, the Lord. That, I still blame myself up till now because of that. Um, and pray, I'm still praying for it so that God can have all of you guys facing him. I mean, I know you are really involved with the Lord, but I want to get uh, uh, your other two sisters to do the same, you know, at least try to focus them uh, to the Lord. Because what I do every day, every day that I leave this house and go out, and before I leave the house, I say, uh, uh, I pray every morning before I leave, uh, before I, as soon as I get up from the bed, I pray, thanking the Lord for letting me wake up. And then when I go to bed, I do the same thing, thanking him for letting me come back in early, uh, uh, come back uh, safely. When I park my car in front of the house and I open the door, as soon as I open my door coming into the house, the very first thing I say is, thank you, Lord, for today. Because I, that's very important to me. The second thing that I, uh, I feel that I failed in terms of three or fewer, if you have kids, and for those young parents out there, if you have kids, you want to be able to give them some leeway. What I mean by leeway, I'm not saying let them run around all kinds of way. You want to be able for them to trust you. And how do you do that? You want to make sure that you trust them at a certain, to a certain extent and give them a, 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 a independent let them be independent of themselves. Because I made a mistake with a couple of uh, your first two, the, my first two daughters, Elizabeth and Sasha, because I was too, I, I had an iron hand on them to make sure I know exactly what they're doing at every time. And when you do that, especially girls, when you do that, they don't open up to you to tell you, hey, daddy, I'm doing this, daddy, I'm doing this. But for you, after I realized that I, I made a lot of mistakes in terms of how I handled your first, my first two daughters, Elizabeth and Sasha. If you know, I, 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 I didn't, I wasn't as heavy-handed with you like I was with um, your two sisters. Correct me if I'm wrong. You. Now, what did that do to you? Yeah. You were able to talk to me about certain things that your sisters weren't able to talk to me. You might not realize it, but I'm comparing both sides. They were not able to com communicate with me the way I wanted them to. You were able to communicate with me uh, uh, the way you wanted to. Thus, you're being a very independent woman right now. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. So I would agree that sometimes I think that you had a very militaristic approach to parenting, just like your father did, which it makes sense because you sometimes repeat what you experience and yeah if you know my way or the highway because i said so <laughs> oh my gosh and you know what um but i will say that in your later years you've mellowed out you've mellowed out 
Okay, that's a plus. That's a plus. I'm taking that. That's a plus. That's you, good. You've mellowed out, and I think you've grown in that area. And I remember, yeah, I remember, I just think that our relationship, like any relationship, it had its peaks and it had its valleys, you know, and, and we've had to do a lot of work. Would you say that's true? You and I, our relationship? Yeah. 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 A lot of work, a lot of work. And um, I like where we are right now because... Um, we communicate better. We respect each other better. We do things uh, um, maturely in terms of uh, how we relate. You know, I like that. Yeah. And so I just wanted to, I don't know if I say this enough. Maybe I don't say this enough, but I appreciate you. I'm so thankful that you raised three of us. And I know it wasn't easy. I know you sacrificed a lot. Um, and I'm grateful. So my question to you is, if you were to rate our relationship on a scale of one to 10, what would you give it? Are you saying now? Yeah. 10. 10? Without even looking back, 10. That's how okay. I look at it. I mean, there's always room for improvement, okay? Always room for improvement. Uh, one of the oh, let me get that, let me get that down to nine. Well, the, another room for improvement is you guys don't answer daddy's phone when daddy call, but no. I do answer your call all the time uh, because uh, you never. I, the reason why I do answer your calls as soon as you guys call is because God forbid there's an emergency, I need to be able to react right away. But you guys sometimes when I call you. It takes two days for you to call me back. Am I right or wrong? Go ahead and say it. You're wrong now. Okay. Because I've gotten better. Yeah, you've gotten better. That's what I'm saying. You, you are much better now. Much, much better. Let me just put it that way. But let's say about a year ago or so, when I called, what happens? Two or three days, right? Daddy, I was busy. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. There you go. Okay, so that's the thing that you... That's the thing you need for us to pick up your phone as soon as you call. No, no. Let's let, let's let's uh, rephrase that. That's not what I'm talking about. If I call you or your sisters, if you guys are busy, all you have to do is just text me, Daddy. I'll call you right back. But the total silence, no text back, nothing. As a parent, everything is going through my mind. Did my daughter make it home? Did she have an accident? Did she do this? Is she okay? If if you just text and say, Daddy, I'm busy, I'll call you back as soon as I can. Period. The stress level that I have will just go right down. And I'll wait. Because I try to I call you guys once or twice uh, a week. Every week. Just to make sure that you guys are okay. I know uh, your sister, Sasha, will say, Daddy, why you keep calling like this? She has kids now. Wait until those kids grow up to uh, where they go out on their own. She will see what she will be doing. She doesn't understand the affection and the love that her parents have for their kids to make sure and, and the gratitude that the parents have that uh, to see, to know that on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, their daughter, their sons are all doing well or they're okay. The last thing I would say is, as you know, I am dating, meeting people. What is 
what would you tell me I should look for in a man? First of all, um, you want a man, number one, that is God-fearing. That's number one, okay? Because if that man is God-fearing, there are certain things they might try to do, and when they remember that they're serving the living God, they back up. Number two, you want a man that will love you. And how do you know that a man loves you? You know by withholding certain things from him. What I mean by certain things from him is if you getting, uh, if you start dating a man, I don't want you jumping in bed with him, you know, immediately. I don't want you having sex with him. Because women, the greatest thing that you have going for you is not having sex with somebody you're dating to find out exactly where their mind frame is. Because I'm talking to you like a man. There are some men out there that, oh, they see this beautiful girl. All they're thinking about is to get into, to have sex with that uh, lady. Once a man has sex with a lady, they become a different animal. What I mean by that is the level of affection they had for you prior to you having sex with them is totally different. Because they know, oh, I've got her. If you want to get married and you're dating somebody, withhold that, withhold sex from them until you get ready. Because when you do that, you will start seeing their real color. If a man loves you, they will try start doing everything in terms of getting towards that point of marriage. But if you give yourself up to a man because, oh, that guy is so handsome, he has muscles, uh, he looks like a football player, he has money and all that stuff, you have given three quarters of yourself out without getting anything back. Women fall for money, fall for good looks, and forget to fall for heart. The person has and how the person loves them. If you forfeit, if you don't give no sex out, nothing like that, all those things will fall in place for you if the man is serious. I cannot give you any more better advice than that. The guy can take you out to the most expensive restaurants, take you on vacation, buy you all these nice gifts. If you let yourself go and have sex with him, you will see a totally different person. I'm a man. I've been with the, you know, I've been with, you know, I've had my share of relationships. So I know what I'm talking about from experience. That's why today, when you see me, if I'm trying to date a woman, if that woman comes to me easy, I don't go. That's a red flag to me. I want a woman that will make me work for their love. And that's what I want my daughters to do. Let a man work for your love. You can kiss them. That's not, I don't have no problem with that, but no sex. You might be tempted to have sex and all that stuff. Look at, look at uh, two years down the line. Is this the man that I want to marry? Okay, I have so many thoughts.
I have so many, I have so many thoughts. But all I would say is thank you. Okay. Thank Very you. good. Thank I you. I really appreciate you being my daughter. I see you going places. I see so many good things that you're doing. And I pray for you guys every night, every morning, so that God can bless you guys very well. And I know the sky is the limit for you. Depending, uh, regardless of what you've gone through, in terms of everything that is going through your life, you are going to be up there, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. A sweet conversation between my father and I. And I'm so grateful you tuned in. I hope you were encouraged to grow in love today. As always, I hope you're producing new growth. Love you guys. 